We are in Arkham, Massachusetts, the home of Miskatonic University. Bruno has contacted Patterson after he has buried the teapot in a grave. And Patterson is sending up a team. And Bruno has told the others to leave and go back to Boston. He will stay and meet the team, give them the teapot, and then he's going to smooth things over with the police chief. Not necessarily in that order. I assume since you have a little weight, you could probably go smooth things over with the police chief and then meet that team and get a ride back to Boston with the teapot. Nah, we're delivering the teapot first. Okay. I'm not taking the chance of being locked up before that gets out, you know? Mm-hmm. You've put the teapot in the ground. When you dig it up, are you going to put it in something to muffle it so you can't hear anyone speaking? I'm going to wait for the team to get here and hope that they brought something that is appropriate. I will try to be the only person that handles it. Eventually, somebody else is going to handle it because they got to put it in a giant warehouse full of stuff. So you are sitting in the lobby in a chair waiting, and eventually you see three men walk in dressed like you do when you're a government agent and they look around the hotel and make eyes with you and walk over. They all introduce themselves. Agent Johnson, Agent Reynolds, Agent Matthews. You'll deal with Agent Johnson. Hearty handshakes all around. I will offer to get lunch or something, like have a little sit down. So that they can ask questions. It's like, so, uh, it's a little place around the corner that we can have a little sit, get some coffee. I'm sure you guys are tired from the drive. And then, uh, we can go through the questions pot. Okay. A late lunch. All right. So they'll look at each other, nod. Agent Johnson will say, okay, sounds good. Get something light. I know we do have to get back on the road. He'll look at a watch. I know we're expected back in Boston this evening. So they'll exit with you. You guys go to the little cafe. Johnson will sit with you at a table. The other two will sit at another table. And you see they almost doing overwatch on the people in the place, kind of just being the eyes to see if anybody's paying attention to the two of you. Sure. I will produce an envelope with a piece of paper in it that has an initial report. Just so it's like, here's the the basics of what's going on. Then I'm going to hand it to it so that he can read that and then ask me questions based upon it. Okay. I don't think I will really try to hide anything. Mm -hmm. I will admit Philip's glee at the situation because that's not relevant to the case at hand because I, I didn't like Doyle either. He's an asshole. Do you omit punching Cookie? He would try to phrase it in a less assaulting manner. I incapacitated the agent. There is protocol and stuff for weird shit is happening to a fellow agent. Mm -hmm. When they are interacting with an object of questionable status to, to separate them. I subdued the agent who was falling victim to the paranormal influence that we were encountering. Not as many big words. <laughs> For one, I'm sure 
the fact that Bruno has shot Finn got around a bit of the office, especially if these are higher up people. But you guys are definitely the team that is talked about at the water cooler the most. Yeah, so that part of standard procedure, he's brushed up on so that, hey, I hear you shot your teammate. Article 7, subsection 15, so I can <laughs> follow in procedure. Speaking of Finn, do you omit Finn doing something that does look akin to casting a spell and using magic? I lump both of them in, in the way that I was attempting to distract the entity. And in the process, he didn't see what actually happened. Sure, he heard Finn's voice, but Philip was also involved somehow. And when you're dealing with scary magics, there's too many unknowns. Philip could have been back there gesturing, spilling blood. Fucking, who knows? The two of them were doing magic stuff. Bruno had nothing to do with the magic stuff, doesn't even understand the magic stuff. So, that's what was going on. Okay. He'll quickly read over that initial report. He'll fold it back up, put it in his breast pocket of his suit jacket. Look at you, maybe with a little bit of puzzlement. Doesn't look surprised at what he's read. So, nobody else from your team stayed back with you, you thought it best to divide? I was given the object in question, and under the circumstances of Agent Miller's, uh, let's say, attachment or insistence upon reconnecting with it, I wanted to to get it as far away and hide it where someplace they wouldn't look. So I don't trust that Philip or Finn by themselves would be able to keep a handle on her situation. So it's probably the best that uh, I stayed. They went so that they have the two of them to keep an eye on her and uh, keep her safe. Not to mention they've been joined at the hip recently, and I don't know what that's about. Okay, so it's... Not an issue of uh, an agent possibly going rogue and taking the item. We need to make sure so when we get it back to Boston, we know how to secure it, what level of security it needs. That's a very good question. It doesn't seem like it's able to do anything except talk to people that are holding it, close proximity, something like that. Uh, Now that it's separated from her, I stayed behind to meet with, and he'll motion to the two other guys and him, your team, so that we didn't have the item with Agent Miller in the same car, because that just seems like it would be a terrible idea. Understandable. And the item is in a secure facility now at the police station? I no, actually. Where? Uh, you ain't going to like this, but there was a, a discharged firearm that went off in the guy's holster at the police station. And I don't know how the police chief's going to take this with the whole 
curator Doyle situation because he he needs somebody to hang, basically. Not hang, hang, but you know what I mean? Like he needs a he needs somebody to take the fall for this. And if I didn't leave the item there, then he's got leverage over me. Okay. He's gonna start to get a little bit of a panicked. It's not back at the hotel, right? No, 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 no. It's up on the, the graveyard. At that, it's just a blank expression. Almost as if he doesn't even comprehend the words you just said. Look, it was someplace that was close by that ain't no god people around here are going to go mess with. Okay. So, um, all right, all right. It's at the graveyard. So, in the back of the vehicle, we have a, a strong box that we can put it in. Is that going to be secure enough? Do we need something else? Uh, what's its ability? What can it do? Can it get out? What do, I mean, does somebody have to literally hold it? I mean, I don't think it can get out. It was asking us to, to release it, right? So if it could get out on its own, why does it need us to release it unless it's just trying to mess with us? Before it was in the teapot, it seems to, to take control of Agent Miller's unconscious body, and it spoke with like a little bit of her voice, but it was still like weird. I don't know if this is a ghost, a demon, a, a something or other. I I I don't know yet. That's uh, that's why you guys are here. Uh, it didn't seem like, and he'll hold up his hands like I I ain't got no bands and nothing on my hands from. I don't know. It's the it's the strong box blessed to anything. Dip it in holy water. If we need to do that, we do have. The necessary items, if you feel it's would be important. I don't know. Usually, just a steel box is enough to to contain most things. But if you feel we need a blessing or holy water, we can get that. We have the material. I don't know what kind of situation it's going to take. If we go there and it, you know, it's it's in the teapot still. I think it'd probably be fine because. I didn't do anything special. I didn't bless it. It's uh, it's a silver teapot that might have something to to do, but that's just because that's what we had on hand. All right, and he'll look over at the other table and say, "Matthews might want to bless the the water that we brought and just put it in there just in case." And he'll look back at you and say, "Matthews ordained former seminary." I'll tip my hat to him, father. You know, kind of nod. All right, so let's uh, head out, get this, and um, get on the road. Yeah, we go. We'll get the item. I'll deal with the police chief, and then back home we go. Oh, that's right, the police chief, and he'll reach inside his other breast pocket and pull out an envelope and says. Agent Patterson said to give that to you. He said for you to hand that to the police chief. It would help, I don't know, smooth things over. Pick up the envelope, turn it over. Is it sealed? It is. Look at that. Like, okay. Is it addressed or anything on the front? It just says police chief Walters on it. Okay. And I'll open up the suit coat, put it in the inside pocket. Appreciate it. So he'll finish eating. 
wipe his hands, look around at you and the other two and say, are we ready to, to go? Yeah. We can, uh, we can head up there. Do you appear nervous? Is there any anxiety or apprehension about this? Are you, do you show any weirdness or? I think he's got concern because a friend of his is in a potentially dangerous situation, but this is not the first weird thing that we have recovered. This is not going to be the last weird thing we've recovered. This is, it's not exactly another day at the office, but at the same time, it is more weird shit. Okay. I think Johnson looks at you, maybe recognizes this as maybe just um, field fatigue. Been through a lot. Could be. He'll just, don't worry about it. We'll get this wrapped up. We'll get on the road. You can get some shut eye on the ride back. I'm looking forward to it. Just want to get all this uh, behind all of us. So I assume you get your bags and everything and get loaded up in the car. And he says, you know, where to? You give him directions to the graveyard? Mm-hmm. Okay. And when we get there, I turn to the Matthews. It's like, you uh, you might want to wait here, Father. Johnson says, just prepare the water like we said. Get the box open, ready to go, so we can get it contained as soon as uh, we get it back, okay? And then he look at you and say, well. Lead the way. I will walk into the graveyard. I will go by the same, I guess, utility shed. Mm-hmm. Pick up a shovel. Start heading over to visit my good friend. I think at this point, Johnson thinks it must be in the shed. And then when you grab a shovel and head to a, a gravesite, he is a little more taken aback and watching what is about to happen. As we get there. I'll stand for a moment in prayer to the sign of the cross, and uh, we at the department uh, appreciate your cooperation. And then I'll just shunk and start digging. I assume you're very careful because we would hate to tip the teapot. As you dig into the dirt, you feel the shovel hit something, but then you feel that something shift within the loose soil. And now you have no idea because there's still kind of dirt over it. If you've knocked the lid off or not, it's still kind of covered in dirt. So what do you want to do now? I'm going to put the shovel to the side, get down on my knees and start using my hands to carefully and slowly start digging around in there. So as your hands search that loose soil, your hands will hit upon the teapot. And as you, feel around, you feel the spout, you feel the, the belly of it, your hands go around to the top of it, you'll feel that lid is just ever so slightly skewed, but not off. So you can make sure as you gently pull that out to keep that lid seated as best you can. I guess seeing you in the uh, cold dirt, Agent Johnson's going to pull out a handkerchief, hand it to you. You can use this if you'd like. Sure. I'll give the teapot a little shake. You will hear some uh, disgruntled tones emanate from it, but the agent does not. Sure. I will bring it over to Agent Johnson. I will wrap it in the handkerchief. 
I'm going to tie it down real tight so that the lid doesn't come loose or anything. I will then go over to Agent Johnson. Like, all right, Ash, this is uh, this is your new friend, and I'll point this about towards the agent. Uh, this is Mr. Johnson, Mr. Agent Johnson. Sorry, I. Uh, he's going to hang on to you for a second, and then I will hand the teapot over to him. He'll take it and he'll turn around and walk back to the car. He does not acknowledge the teapot in any way, except he put he just has it in his hands. He looks straight at the car and walks towards it. Uh, I will replace the dirt. Mm-hmm. And then give another round of thanks, maybe a prayer or two, and then head back to replace the shovel. Okay. The third agent stay with the father, or... He did. He stayed with the father. He's behind the wheel. Okay. As you replace the shovel and you start walking back to the vehicle, you'll see Johnson and Matthews at the rear of the car. And it looks like they're in a bit of a hushed discussion. Not like aggressive, but it does look a little heated. And Johnson will see you approaching and he'll indicate to Matthews to stop. And they they mess with something inside the boot and then they shut it. Does it seem like the father is angrier or seems like the father is angrier. Yeah, no, that that tracks. That tracks. I think I just tip my hat towards the father, but don't make eye contact. Just kind of like, oh, I know that I did a bad, but <laughs> outside of going out into the woods, there wasn't really anything I could, I could truly do about it. He'll look cross at you, but he's not going to say a word to you. He's just going to get in the front seat of the vehicle next to uh, Reynolds and you guys will get in the back and Agent Johnson will look at and say the police station next. Yeah, that sounds, sounds about right. Okay. And then uh, probably confessional after that. A snort from the front seat. From the father or from the other guy? From the, from the father. As that happens, Johnson tries to cut it off or, talk over it and he'll say so at the police station would you like us to uh, accompany you in there do we need to uh, throw a little government weight around or would you like to go in and handle it yourself we're here to assist you uh that's a good question i feel like it might be better if i go in to handle it before uh i need to to flex a little muscle you know Mm -hmm. i don't want to make it seem like i'm not trying to to help this guy out you know, to, he knows probably if he's any good at his job that this is going to be some bullshit that we're feeding him, right? Because he already knows government agents, some weird stuff's been happening. But if he's willing to buy the fact that poor Mr. Doyle got himself a little too drunk and the, the evils and sins of alcohol, that, uh, well, maybe that'll just be a lot easier to sell. All right, well, we'll give you 15 minutes. If you're not back out by then, we'll come in. Appreciate it. It's not long before the car pulls up to the front of the police station, and uh, you can go inside. I will I will do so. Anything to prepare for that, or you're just, just going to go right in, make a beeline for the 
police chief's office. I'm not going to like run in, kick in the guy's door. I will follow, you know, if there's a, a secretary or an officer working the desk, I'll be like, Hey, I had an appointment to see the, the chief. There would be a, a desk officer when you go in and he recognizes you, obviously. And he'll shout back. That, that government agent's back to talk to uh, the police chief. And you'll hear Walther's scream from his office, send him back here. I'll ask the, the desk officer, like, is he, in a, is he in a good mood today? That guy just gives you the biggest sarcastic grin. No, no. He can't wait to see you. Yeah, I get that a lot, believe it or not. Well, I'm sure you know your way around a police station. Head on back. I'll go and find the office that I'm sure I'm familiar with. Yep. As you go in, I assume you'll knock on the uh, door jam and you'll see him behind his desk. He's got the uh, police jacket off, the buttons top two are undone, and um, he looks like he's had a long day. He looks pretty stressed. And he's like, all right, let's hear it. You've solved the case, correct? Do I get the feeling that he wants me to come in and sit down? You know, is he being an asshole or should I just, you know, treat this as? He looks like a man who has some weight on his shoulders right now. A prominent person in the community is dead and he needs to solve a case. He thought he had a suspect and then now. Some government agency has now come in and and said, no, 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 it's not our person. We're going to solve it for you. Don't you worry. And now he's hoping you will. Bruno will step in, close the door behind him. And if they have those blinds things, he's going to turn them. Hmm? And then he'll sit down. Chief Walthers, wish we were under different circumstances. What do you have for me? So as you know, as of a couple of years ago, prohibition was enacted. And while the sale of alcohol is what is prohibited instead of the consumption, it does have a number of ripples that when people consume too much, their judgment in a number of ways are impaired. He's been rehearsing, thinking about this, rolling around in his head, so he's better at this than I am. The results of our investigation, and I'm sure when you look into it, not that you need to, we'll find that poor Mr. Doyle had a little too much wine when he was out with Agent Miller. Got a little lost on his way home, perhaps, and uh, unfortunately left the bridge into the river. I will open my coat, pull out the letter that I was given, and put it on the table and slide it towards him. So as he picks up the envelope, as he's opening it, he's just going to be speaking to you. So you expect me to believe that this was just a pure accident, nothing more? What is it that you truly believe, Chief? Well, I really do think that uh, Agent Miller knows a little bit more than what she's saying. And at that, his eyes will go down and start to read the letter that was in the envelope. Make a uh, spot hidden or a psychology roll. 
Can I tell how long the letter is from the other side? It is only written on one side, only one sheet of paper. But there is something very obvious as you watch him read. You'll see the color drain out of his face. That's good. That's always good. I will wait for him to finish, and then I will try to display body language that tells him I would like the letter back. Because if it has that kind of reaction, it probably has something in it that we shouldn't just let float around. When he gets done with it, he'll, he's a little flustered. He'll look back at you and say, yes, a uh, an accident. The, the waiter and maitre d' both said that uh, he had been drinking wine as well during the dinner. Yes, yes. And then he'll take the letter and awkwardly shove it back in the envelope, and then he'll open a desk drawer and put it in. Now, I can assure you that Agent Miller is going to be having her own little uh, disciplinary actions. She is, after all, lucky to be alive, for if she were not dropped off first, then she would be in the car as well. And as she was also at work, she should not have been consuming as much alcohol, for it is illegal and we are government agents. Yes, yes, that that would be good. See to it that uh, that 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 there she has some kind of disciplinary action. I I would have to insist it's unbecoming of a lady and an agent. Very true. Very very true. Is there anything else I can answer for you on the record? Um. Uh. On the record, no. Uh. If um. If there are any questions that arise in the settlement of his estate. Any relatives that have any question, obviously, we may have to have a representative of your agency, team, department come up to answer those questions. But I don't see that happening. But just on the off chance that somebody comes out of the woodwork, we would um, request that you make yourself available. Of course. I can uh, give a piece of paper. I can write down a number. Mm-hmm. I will give him our number for like our office. You don't give out your boss's number all the time, right? That's not something you want to do. Well, now that that is all squared away, and I am sorry for the, the stress that we have put you in, what can I answer for you off the record? He'll say, um, I assume that Mr. Fitzhume will have to contact you about collecting his items that were confiscated by your team. Feel free to point him in our direction should he need to pursue any kind of legal matters in the uh, in the situation. Okay, he'll nod at that. And I'm sure we have like a legal department or something mm-hmm. that I can give him that phone number mm-hmm. so that Mr. Fitzhume's not calling me because that's the last thing I want. I think at that he'll be just done. His shoulders are slumped. He's either relieved or defeated. But you will see he gets a very sorrowful look on his face and, and he just quietly says it's it's unfortunate. He was um, a pillar of the community. Um, adored 
by the um, university faculty and administration. Maybe we could uh, name the bridge after him when it's repaired and some kind of memorial thing. And even in this unfortunate situation, his passing can serve as a way to, to strengthen the resolve of the community that even the, the strongest and best amongst them could could fall to the evils of alcohol. He's going to give you a pretty dead look. Almost as if he knows he's just going with the story, but he knows that there was more. But he's not going to say a word. Chief, I'm going to be a straight shooter here. The, uh, the world ain't so black and white as you may think it is. All right? There's um, some strange shit out there, and let me tell you, sometimes sometimes it crops up in the weirdest of places. He'll slowly start to nod his head, open another drawer, pull out a small glass and a small little bottle, pour himself a little shot. Getting the feeling that this guy's a little skeptical about some of the weird shit that we're protecting the world from. Mm-hmm. So part of me wants to expose him to a little weird shit. Okay. I will stand up from my seat, straighten out my coat and stuff, put my hat on. If you ever find yourself in Boston and you want to take a look at some of the some of the other side, you just you just give me that call on that number. I'll look at it and nod his head and uh, grab the piece of paper with the numbers and open that drawer that he put the envelope with the letter and he'll go to put it in there, but his eyes will hit that envelope. And again, a strange look comes over his face and he'll look back at you and say, I think, I think I'm okay. But if I uh, ever decide to, I'll definitely give you a call. Adjust my hat, put my hand on the doorknob. Sorry to bring this to your doorstep. Yep. Not his head, like a little salute to you. I'll return and then leave. You just get in the car with the other agents who were all standing around, looked like they were about getting ready to go in. Wave to them and, you know, just like, you know, everything's cool. Start heading out. Stop by the desk officer. Be like, all right, well, uh, we're all going to be on our way and uh, good luck on getting out from behind this desk. Tap on it twice and walk out. <laughs> So as we get in the car, I turn to Agent Johnson. I'm like, you have any idea what was in that letter? Jeez. Guy went three shades of white. You know, kind of shrug and shake his head no. No, but Patterson has a way with words. <laughs> yeah, you, you ain't telling me nothing I don't know. I'm going to wait for the team to get here and hope that they brought something that is appropriate. I will try to be the only person that handles it. Eventually, somebody else is going to handle it because they got to put it in a giant warehouse full of stuff. Well, now remember, due to the nature of Ash, you have to believe in Ash to hear Ash. And obviously, they've I mean, never Bruno interacted with that. Bruno doesn't understand that, but I'm just telling you out of character, these guys aren't going to hear anything. Right now, you're probably just a weird agent telling them that there's something in the teapot and they just know we deal in weird. 
I'll take your word for it. I will handle the item. Now, out of curiosity, then, mm-hmm. like, if I explain this to them, and then, um, let's say we, you know, we go on our little grave robbing excursion, mm-hmm. and I pick it up, and I'm holding it, and I'm like, see, can't you hear him? Wouldn't that be me believing in him, being able to talk to them, and thus letting them hear him? You or if we gone down the rabbit you hole? Believe, but you would have to get them to believe that he exists in that teapot. Now, if you were to tell them, and they also being agents that deal in weirdness, I would make a, a role. And if they, you know, if they ended up, um, depending on the role, it would then decide whether or not they can hear him based if they believe you or whether they just dismiss it out of hand and go, meh, I'm just here to secure and contain an item. They all introduce themselves, Agent Johnson, Agent Reynolds, Agent Matthews. Um, You'll deal with Agent Johnson. I'll deal with Mr. Johnson. No, Agent Johnson. Agent Mr. Johnson. (laughs) Agent Mr. Johnson. Then I'm going to hand it to him so that he can read that and then ask me questions based upon it. Okay. I don't think I will really try to hide anything. Mm-hmm. It's been a minute. Let me think over if there's anything I'm omitting. <laughs> I will um, I will omit Philip's glee. I'll ask the, the desk officer, like, is he, in a, is he in a good mood today? That guy just gives you the biggest sarcastic grin. No, no. He can't wait to see you. Yeah, I get that a lot, believe it or not. Well, I'm sure you know your way around a police station. Head on back. Ah, it's fucking smarmy fuck. (laughs) You do look like a criminal. I mean, I do, and I am, but... (laughs) And you you did just come from committing a crime. Thank goodness they don't know about it. Uh, (laughs) There was no actual grave robbing going on. The item in question did not belong to the deceased. <laughs> he disturbed a gravesite. It's trespassing at the very least. Uh, the, the graveyard is uh, public it's property. trespassing to the likes of you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make it stick. Don't you worry. Getting the feeling that this guy's a little skeptical about some of the weird shit that we're protecting the world from. Mm-hmm. Part of me wants to expose him to a little weird shit. Okay. Ooh, here's a question. The way back in my prologue, mm-hmm. there was a whole bunch of mess and stuff like that. Um, how how was that officially covered up? Um, it was kind of covered up as none of the incidents were. It wasn't like one string of the same incident. It was masked as different issues, like wild dogs attack. That was the the gug, the uh, fishing cannery place being attacked by the the two-headed troll was, um, I think, probably ascribed to a a worker out of control. Who knows? Um, They were all covered up in some way. But all of those events are still like in a line down the coast, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
from New York all the way down to Philly. Oz here, just chiming in at the end to say thanks for continuing to support us with your ears, bumping us by word of mouth, and even with Patreon donations, which is pretty awesome. If you aren't on our Discord, feel free to come on by and get it without a net welcome. If you are, you know how we do. We couldn't continue to do this without your support and feedback, so if you do have feedback, this is me personally begging you to let us know. We know we can always do better, and we love to know when we're doing well. Anyway, a couple of disclaimers. The music you heard in the intro and the outro is from the Great Old Ones and Other Beings album by Graham Plowman. You can find that on YouTube. It is some excellent Call of Cthulhu music. Call of Cthulhu 7th edition is produced by Chaosium Inc. Without a net podcast has no affiliation with Chaosium Inc. We just think 7th edition is pretty bomb and we're going to go ahead and try it out. We get no kickbacks from Chaosium, nor do we expect any, although that may change in the future, but probably not. I hope you all had a wonderful time listening to this, and we will see you next week.